0: Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, the red wave that was a whisper. What they say, kill the bankers. I think we had to kill the pollsters. I mean, what are they? Thinking, kill the lawyers. That's no, what yeah, kill the lawyers, sick. maybe. Republican gains in the midterm elections more muted than expected. Power hangs in the balance.
2: Look, Pennsylvania
3: clearly not MAGA.
0: Two Washington veterans join us: former White House chief of staff Bill Daley.
3: Polling was once again proven to be rather inaccurate
0: and former Senator Judd Gregg on what mattered in the voting booths.
4: People are upset about this economy. They're very upset about the economy, but people are more upset about the way the government functions in Washington.
0: Plus, a crypto drama goes mainstream, rivals Binance and FTX, a proposed buyout, and all the virtual chips still left to fall crypto expert Jeremy Allaire on why FTX's star power just wasn't enough to save it.
1: For many people, this is sort of a shock. I think there was a perception that FTX was one of the strongest firms in the space.
0: It's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. SquawkPod begins right now.
5: Definitely not a Republican wave, that's for darn sure. The
0: next
1: speaker of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy. Thank you all very much.
4: I know it's a late night, but first I want to start by thanking every single candidate
3: and their families for running.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin.
6: Dozens of midterm races across the country still too close to call as President Biden's second half agenda hangs in the balance. Amid a likely split in Congress, Elon Moy joins us this morning right here at the table with a rundown. What's the latest?
7: Andrew, control of Congress is still hanging in the balance as well this morning after Republicans flipped key seats in the House and Democrats scored an upset in the Senate. Now the latest NBC projection does show that Republicans would capture 220 seats in the House compared to 215 for Democrats. That would be enough to give the GOP a very narrow majority. NBC has not made an official call for control of the House, but GOP leader Kevin McCarthy declared victory for his party early
4: this morning. The American people are ready for a majority that will offer a new direction, that will put America back on track. Republicans are ready to deliver it. It's a new direction towards an economy that is strong, where you can fill up your tank, feed your family, where your paychecks grow and not
5: shrink.
7: Meanwhile, Democrats enjoyed a big win in Pennsylvania, where Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman beat celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz.
2: We held the line. I never expected that we were going to turn these red counties blue, but we did what we needed to do. And we had that conversation across every one of those counties. And tonight, that's why I'll be the next U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania.
7: Now, Republicans held onto the Senate seat in Ohio with J.D. Vance trouncing Democrat Tim Ryan.
6: We've got a solid foundation not just to win races, but to actually get to Washington and serve the great people of Ohio.
7: But many of the other toss-up races in the Senate are still too close to call, including Wisconsin, Nevada, and Georgia. In Arizona, the marquee races there are too early to call. Election officials in the state have said they are prepared to work through Thanksgiving and possibly Christmas as well. Guys? Christmas? Possibly Christmas as well. If the margin of victory in Arizona is less than half a percentage point, it automatically goes to a recount. They cannot start counting those ballots until December. There's a lot of sort of procedural uh, steps they have to take before that can even begin. N-
8: not even Fox called Arizona. They had much less to work on last time when they called it. I don't know. No, okay, don't so like,
6: let's, to the extent we can take anything away from this and to the extent that Barry Diller calls this the pregame for the game.
8: This is a pregame. That is all this election
4: is. So my hope, uh, who knows, my hope is that there's not a blowout on either side, that we end up strangled, because I think that's the best place we can be.
6: What does this really say about former President Trump and what he may ultimately do or not do, and what the country's gonna do, where you think DeSantis plays in all of this? I mean, sort of- Play this out for us a little yeah, bit, I, and I, I mean, think I think the stock market is actually playing this out in real time right now. Yeah,
7: I, I think but, there's still a lot to consider. Disney. I think we still have to see which way the Senate is going to go. But you know, I said yesterday that we were looking at some of these two House races in Virginia, some early indicators, and of course, one of the House races uh, was flipped by the Republicans, and the other House race was held onto by the Democrats. So it almost seems like yes, the country is polarized, but we become more hardened in those polarized positions. Right, and that the Democrats who won won by moving to the center, and in some cases directly courting Republicans, but the Republicans who won won by running as conservatives. So it does feel but like there MAGA. is a shift. Maybe not, not all MAGA. the way to the MAGA front. There's still there's still options
6: well, that are out there. Pennsylvania
8: the right. clearly not MAGA. That, Pennsylvania that's clearly not Georgia. Georgia. MAGA. Georgia was was Herschel Walker a great. Kennedy, this is my my first thoughts, and I haven't spoken to you. Two years ago, boy, why this? Why now. why Republicans lose the Senate two years ago?
2: Because of
8: Trump. Because of Trump in Georgia. If they don't win this time, mm-hmm. Trump in Georgia, I think. And I think 2024 is totally wide open now. Right? Totally wide open. Now for
2: a Republican nominee.
8: If Trump is That's other than Trump is what you're suggesting. Yes. Yes, that's And if Trump is not the nominee, who does that hurt more? Democrats by yes. a mile. Yes, that's what I mean. So this is very strange and the next the election starts today. I can't believe but it really does. This Before is we fascinating. Votes. Before we oh, finish, I know I
6: think this is this is good for Republicans in 24, bad for Democrats in 24. That yes,
8: that's I think that's Because no true. one really if, said, if "God, I love the way things are going and I love President Biden." I think Americans I'm going out on a limb. I think they're going to get their wish. It's not going to be Trump or Biden in 2024, I don't think. Hmm. And as a result, I think it gets pretty interesting. But I also, once again, going out on a limb, I think the Donald is, is defanged. I don't think retribution is going to be as scary for normal Republicans at this point. I think, I think it really, I think, and this, this I couldn't believe. I, I was messaging my kid. I said the big winner of the night, but Sanchez, I didn't know the New York Post said the future.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: The future. I mean, I think for the Republican and Party. And I said to, me, I, said to Ilana, wanna- I "Go, did you see the cover of the Post?" She goes, "Well, I saw it online." I go, "The future, the future," no, and she goes, "I thought you meant
7: the Washington Post. No, I, live in I, meant Post. <laughs> New York I meant the Post. I meant
8: the
2: Post." I'm on the your what? turf now.
7: I'm on your turf. now, Jill. <laughs> No, but, but don't you think that the reason that. J.D. Vance won Ohio. That's what I was to Trump,
2: Trump was. Trump. I think he was a good.
7: No, I think in, he
8: was a good candidate. In, you have got to put up quality candidates. I mean, but J.D. Vance has a Don't you think it would have been Trump. easy to beat Fetterman? Don't you think it would have been easy to beat Fetterman?
7: Perhaps with a different candidate. Yeah. I thought what was interesting in the exit polling that NBC, uh, that NBC did was that one of the reasons that voters did not like Mehmet Oz is because they did not believe he was really from Pennsylvania, had nothing to I do know. with Trump, etc. McCormick, again, what kind it, of McCormick
8: was, was not a MAGA but, Trump but guy, but Trump and he probably, don't you think McCormick I mean,
7: could have beaten, etc.? Th-
2: the weakness is Trump chose that candidate. But
7: perhaps the reason he got to where he did in the polls, despite the fact that you know he may or may not actually be a Pennsylvania resident in the eyes of voters, was because of Trump's support. So I. It, I think it's still kind of an open question.
8: Well, Ohio, and I think
7: Arizona is going to be very telling. What happens? And that
8: that Carrie Lake was surprising too, because she may still pull this out.
7: The the vote count is ongoing.
8: Super. She's MAGA. So there's a lot of cross current. But what they say, kill the bankers. Um, Who said that? Zachary Taylor or something, I think he they said that. Or, he didn't, he didn't like the bank. Now I think we gotta kill the pollsters. I mean, what are they,
2: are they just- i was thinking kill the lawyers. That's no, what... yeah, kill the <laughs> lawyers, maybe,
8: yeah. yeah. But, but the pollsters, who, are they not, is it cell phones, no one answers? Is it they don't call young people? Is it, how do they not know what's happening right up to the day? Of the election, how can they be so far off? What do you think? Every single time.
7: The answer to that is that the voters are the ones who determine the lie? elections, and not right. the polls. Yeah, but if you
8: call st- a statistically well, significant amount of people and they give you a true answer, it's You ought to be able to science, get close. you it's ought to be able to get close. This is like <laughs> this. <laughs> this is like we we look at what happens when the
6: company comes out with their earnings, and then you say they miss their expectations. Right. And every analyst is
2: right, like, or every analyst is wrong. Are you talking about
8: you, you, it, introing Disney?
2: No, but. <laughs> that's, that's one way to do Although it. Although, the, look, those polls, most of them call 1,760 people or something. How is that statistical? I know. Well, yeah.
8: No, but they should call enough to where you can use I mean, if that's you hit a thousand that becau- that people, that's, that that's becomes supposedly an election. enough. But I, people lie, I think. And they, you know, maybe they don't call mobile phones, they just call landlines. I don't know what they do. They do something wrong because they're just. You know, they're so far, they're, they're plus or minus five points on these things, right?
7: I don't think we should kill anybody.
8: Yeah, I mean, lawyers, I don't mean kill No, I don't mean kill. That's just, that's an old expression, kill the bankers, kill the lawyers, whatever. I'm not gonna kill them, but they're just terrible. Joining us right now is
6: Judd Gregg. He's the former governor of New Hampshire and former U.S. Senator and also former Commerce Secretary and Chief of Staff to President Obama. Bill Daly is here, he serves as Vice Chairman of Wells Fargo's Public Affairs. Good morning to both of you. We're still trying to figure out what actually happened and what we may not know for many, many days, if not longer, but I'm curious what your immediate reaction is relative to where you, you know, when you went to sleep last night and when you woke up this morning.
3: I I would say from two days ago, the thought that there was some great wave coming uh, and polling was once again proven to be rather inaccurate. And two, shocking, we have a divided country politically. So these close races, no one should be surprised. Of them. Somehow we got believing that there was going to be some big wave and it's not going to happen. So, so as you look at the numbers, if the Republicans do get controlled by that small of a number, governing is going to be awfully difficult for whoever the speaker, assuming it's Speaker McCarthy, it would be awfully difficult for him to get anything done in his caucus. Jed, how surprised are you?
4: Well, I'm surprised. Uh, I've never been a big fan of polls and I, I think we should Joe said earlier, we should take them all out and shoot the people. Uh, I think he was probably right about that. That was Shakespeare.
8: I, was, I went back yeah, there. went back to Shakespeare. Shakespeare yeah, to it was Sha- the you were I wasn't really recommending we kill anyone. I remember Shakespeare said that or in shoot, it.
4: Shoot all the pollsters. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. in any event, um, Lawyers. the Shakespeare said, shoot <laughs> the pollsters. Lawyers.
6: <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think of the takeaway the, the take that, that has been presented this morning is not in terms of what happens over the next two years, but actually what happens over the next, well, 2024. Yeah. Whether whether this was this has anything to do with Trump? What you think happens in twenty four? Whether you think this now it has uh, a huge you know, has, has a big impact on uh, DeSantis and uh, maybe actually very bad for Democrats longer term in twenty four, could be good for uh,
3: Republicans. Then I don't know. Uh, my opinion is I think I think the the wave everybody seemed to feel about a month ago um, was real. I do believe that President Trump then got very visible, much more than he had been two months before that. And I think it had an impact. Whether it was a point or two, who knows. Um, he's going to announce, he's going to drive the agenda, at least for the foreseeable future. And the, uh, the Republican leadership's got to figure out how to deal with that.
4: Right. how's
6: the Republican leadership going to deal with it?
4: Well, I think the losses were a function of three things. Trump, abortion. And this cult of conspiracy, which a lot of Republicans bought into and people went to the polls and they did actually didn't vote the economy. They voted people. And uh, as a result, a lot of Republicans lost who shouldn't have been running to begin with. And I think this hurts Trump fundamentally. I, I would be very surprised if Trump were the Republican nominee in 2024. And he won't He won't be the Republican nominee in 2024. This is gonna be a very open field on the Republican right. side. I suspect it is on the Democratic side, too. I know the President says he's gonna run for reelection, election but he has to do that to avoid being a lame duck. He's not gonna run for re-election.
2: You don't think he's gonna run?
3: Oh, I don't think there's any way he can run.
2: Bill, you think? Uh, you know, he said he
3: hasn't decided. Yeah, but he uh, has told give him people time. privately yeah. that I,
2: he is. I, well, I
3: believe he wants to run, but I think that there is an opportunity here with what's happened. It, over the last 24 hours, for him to take the next two years and see whether or not he can actually do something with the Republican leadership uh, and Democrats to get a few things done. Uh, the immediate is there, is there ones a are Democrat the you think that could deal? emerge? Well, oh, I think if the president steps... Was yeah, the, Who yeah was absolutely. I Who think you've you? got a handful. I think you've got Whitmer. I think you've got Newsom. I think Murphy will take a look at it. I think you'll see... Um, Who did you? Uh, no, I, he's. That, that's everybody pushes him. That. Yeah, people love him. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't he's going to have to leave the cabinet real quick then,
6: to do that. Right. I, I, don't, you I do You know who people like? Uh, the new go- the new governor overnight of Pennsylvania.
8: Yeah. Yes, they yes. like him a lot. Yep. I, I I I I don't think it's be Trump or... For Biden, I, don't, I think the American people are going to get their wish. I really do.
2: Can I yeah. ask? Trumps what? had
8: nine lives. I think last night was—I don't know. I'm with I'm with Judd on that. Yeah. Don't you think?
4: Absolutely. I I think that this the big if loser. Mag is 35 percent.
8: 35 percent. You're not going to win an election with 35 percent unless unless we become Italy with like eight about different. Prim- well, the problem I'll, I'll is I'll you win
4: primaries yeah. with 35 yeah. percent. Right. So the what happened was people like in New Hampshire, we nominated right. two people who couldn't win in seats that we should have but won.
8: you had to still fear. Donald, uh, McConnell feared, Donald, everybody feared retribution. Not anymore. Now, now that he's def- defanged, he's defanged at this point. And
4: uh, we've Have gone I beyond, I think we're going Indeed. to go, yeah, we're the, going to go yeah. beyond Trump fairly quickly as, as a party. There's so many people who want to be president in our party, and there's some quality people out there that are talking about it and obviously thinking about it the front page of the Post, as you mentioned earlier, uh, but they're a lot more than just DeSantis.
2: The Republican establishment may feel like they can throw off the yoke of MAGA and Donald Trump, but there's still a base There's a very big base of populism in our
4: party as there is in the Democratic Party, which is socialist basically But as a very practical matter our base is a problem for us in Nominating people who can win in the general election and I think that's become very obvious to everyone and so I think this mutes that, but, the intensity but you, but even, of the conspiracy theory in our voted, base.
6: This goes back to what Barry was talking about the other day. We were talking, he said, I think people are going to vote based on the economy, but I wish and hope they'd vote based on character. You're saying you think they voted I think on character. think that's
4: exactly what happened. That's right. I, 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 you know, I look at what happened in New Hampshire. There were, our governor just rolled up a huge margin on character. And then two seats that we should have picked up and the poll said they were dead to even. By the way, uh, we lost by fairly large numbers, and it was purely a vote on character. And. Uh Yeah, people are upset about this economy. They're very upset about the economy. But people are more upset about the way the government functions in Washington. They're really disgusted with the way the government functions
2: in Washington. Let's get back to that point, though, because every time a party wins, no matter how big or slight the margin is, they take that as a mandate that their entire uh, platform needs to run, that they can run as far right or as far left as (coughs) they think, and pass all kinds of things that tick off everybody No party won this time. Uh, No. Uh,
3: But but I do think that when you look at... The, the problem for both parties is they, they can't lose their base in a general election. Romney didn't get the MAGA voters in 12, even though lots of people thought after 10, uh, when the Republicans got 60-some seats in the House, that Obama was in deep trouble in 12, and Romney was going to beat him. But he didn't get his base. He didn't get the MAGA voters. They've got to hold those as the Democrats have to hold the progressives. Not an easy thing to, to do Uh, after you go through a primary, if you're going to try to be a moderate and go through a primary as a Democrat and then take certain stands and then get back to the left or... Is the the problem
2: the primary system or is the problem that, you know, this country is very divided and you can't win... There's two problems.
4: Number one is gerrymandering, where we produce 65% of the districts are one-party districts, so the furthest right or the furthest left candidate is going to win that district. And they cannot, by... They cannot compromise. If they cross the aisle, they get challenged. The second problem is the shouting on social media. Social media is undermining thoughtful dialogue, any dialogue that's substantive in our country. I think social media is the single biggest threat to our democratic system right now. You had somebody on earlier this week who said that, uh, Zell, Sam Zell. Zell. And I thought he was just right on.
6: Let me ask you a a policy question. Both of you just said you think it's actually going to be a lot harder to govern over the next two years, given the state of play. What does that mean for debt ceilings? Uh, What does that mean for various regulations that may or may not try to be put into effect? What does that mean? What does that actually mean in practice?
3: I think in the lame duck, they've got to try to deal with three things, the debt ceiling, Ukraine, and the continuing resolution to keep the government funded. If they can get those three things done, then they can get through at least the next year without actual need. I don't think you're not going to see any major legislation beyond those three. The regulate, uh, regulators will try to act very aggressively, but you've got a series of cases that are going up through the court system that are going to get to the Supreme Court that are going to be really the place where the action is, not in the legislature, well, but I think, in the courts.
4: I agree with Bill, but I think Gary Ginsler and other regulators who are extremely aggressive are going to use this. They're going to drive a truck through this because they're going to know there's chaos on the Hill and they can do just about whatever they want. Uh, it is going to be impossible. Bill and I were talking about this earlier. It's going to be impossible to govern the House. If you only got a three-vote majority in the Republican, control
8: do it. Control what, about, the House? what about permitting? What about what about uh, drilling? What about things? I mean, as recently as this weekend, Joe Biden still said he doesn't, he doesn't want to drill. To it. Can, they, can he, through executive orders, keep his promise on, on that? No federal lands, no...
3: If he, can, he can, through executive orders, do so much, but as we've found out from the last couple of presidents, the executive orders come and go. That guy comes he's got in. two years. Yeah,
8: but he's still got two years.
3: Well, they will try to be very aggressive with, with regulators, but that's where the courts are going to come in and play a major role, in my opinion. I wish, Big we could time for
4: courts.
2: I wish we could keep you guys here for another 20 minutes, 30 minutes, just to talk this through. But it is so nice to have
0: you here on set. Thank, Thank you. great
3: Thanks. pleasure. It's Thanks. great Thanks. being here. Thank you. Cheese will be next.
0: Next, stocks are coming off three straight days of gains into the election, but corporate headlines could pose a threat. Disney's disappointing quarter hitting the Dow. Meta laying off 11,000 people, and a shakeup is spooking crypto and mainstream markets. One cryptocurrency exchange offering to buy out its rival, FTX. Finance, a liquidity crisis and all the celebrities and celebrity investors who thought their stakes were safe. Crypto player Jeremy Allaire on the FTX fallout.
1: Is this another major domino that's going to you know, subsequently knock down a number of other dominoes?
0: SquawkPod will be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global
5: asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery,
8: Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross uh, Sorkin. You ever watch, uh, like the news, we're watching three big stories. They always have exactly three that they come to. Sometimes it's five at five. (laughs) It's the midterms, Disney, and crypto. Facebook, you missed Facebook. We did Meta.
2: Well, that is our top corporate story this morning. That's how we couch that.
8: I think Disney's big.
2: Disney is too, but Facebook parent Meta Platform's announcing that it's going to be laying off 13% of its workforce, or more than 11,000 people. In a letter to staffers, CEO Mark Zuckerberg says that Meta is also cutting discretionary spending and extending a hiring freeze for the first quarter. Costs and expenses have recently risen at Meta pretty substantially. And third quarter operating income dropped by nearly half. We talked about this yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, but something like 40,000 employees have been hired just since the start of the pandemic. Um, That's very quick growth, and Zuckerberg is now saying that he wants to take accountability for those decisions. He said this in a letter. He says he's taking accountability not just for those decisions, but how we got here too. I know this is a tough day for everyone, and I'm especially sorry to those impacted.
6: It's just the latest example of a big tech company uh, laying off employees and executives and does raise some questions about what uh, is going on in our economy and the employment picture there and perhaps more importantly about a lot of the folks in Silicon Valley and elsewhere and whether they're actually going to be able to find jobs so we've always talked about how there's such a, a big job market right now and there has been but it, all, a lot of these big companies this is all happening at the same time typically if you were leaving a, a meta you might end up going to a stripe or end up going to an amazon but if those places are laying people off and not hiring it changes that dynamic materially.
2: You know I wonder if this is a situation though where some of the industrial companies, we've talked about the rise Pick of the industrials and, right. and the revenge of the industrials if they can finally start to hire some of that top technology talent that hasn't wanted to go work there because these people were chasing stock options right. at the hot companies. It's
6: a very smart point and um, it'd be very interesting to see what happens. Now
2: that that yep. may require moves for a lot of people and it's a lot of well, disruption.
6: Given Given that Meta has allowed its employees to Quote, spread across the country because they were allowed to be not in the metaverse, but you know where I'm going.
2: We should also talk about shares of Disney. They're down pretty sharply, uh, down by the tune of about 7.7 percent. Last I looked, 7.8 percent. This came after the company reported earnings of 30 cents a share. That missed the street's estimates of 55 cents. Revenue fell short of what the street was expecting, too. Now, the theme parks division set a record for revenue with $7.42 billion for the quarter. But there were margin issues there. Um, Those are margin issues that a lot of people say are temporary, that those will be fixed. The bigger problem, though, is Disney Plus streaming. Subscribers came in at 164 million. That was better than the 160.5 million that the street was expecting. But now people really wanna see numbers, not just numbers of subscribers, but what you can do in terms of stemming the losses. And that didn't come because those addition of 12 million subscribers did come at a heavy cost. The streaming business actually lost nearly one and a half billion dollars in the quarter. On the call, executives said that they expected those losses to start to narrow in the current quarter, but they also warned that subscriber growth would slow. CEO Bob Chapek said that he expects Disney Plus to achieve profitability in 2024. But again, you see the disappointment from the markets.
4: We believe we are on a path to profitable streaming business that generates shareholder value long into the future. And assuming we do not see a meaningful shift in the economic climate, we still expect Disney Plus to achieve profitability in fiscal 2024. As losses begin to shrink in the first quarter of fiscal 2023,
2: this is responsible for a big chunk of the losses in the Dow today. Disney's a Dow component, and that loss of 7.8% adds up to about not 50 a great points. not
6: a great uh, day either for third point. Dan Loeb's firm, which had made a big investment in the company, I was trying to go back to see when Dan got in. You know, he'd been in the summer, he'd come out. He might have actually gotten in in the summer, so I mean, he might be flat-ish.
2: He had wanted to see some big changes and said he was happy when they talked about not spinning out ESPN as he had recommended because of the potential for profits right. down the road if you get involved with sports gambling. yeah some of those issues too.
6: And they put that, uh, and they put somebody on the board. Right. A developing story, FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried tweeting out that Binance would be acquiring the company after liquidity concerns Binance's CEO CZ tweeting out the highly dynamic situation we are assessing the situation in real time. Binance has the discretion to pull out from the deal at any time. The turmoil in the crypto market causing a sharp sell-off in Bitcoin and other currencies. I want to bring in Jeremy Allaire, he's the CEO and founder of digital currency company Circle and Jeremy is an expert uh, on all things crypto. Um, uh, Jeremy, a lot of folks looking at this and saying, this is like the quicksand moment for crypto. What's happening here?
1: Uh, thanks for having me on, Andrew. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's complex. I think for for many people, um, this is sort of a shock. Uh, I think there was a, a perception that FTX uh, was w- one of the strongest firms in the space. Uh, of course, you know, FTX International, which is I think really what we're we're talking about here, you know, operating out of uh, another jurisdiction, not subject to US regulations or or emerging US regulations. And so I think at some level, not the visibility that you would typically have in in regulated markets uh, context. Um, And I I think, um, you know, there are real questions about, um, you know, you know, sort of downstream impact and things like that. Is this a is this a uh, uh, another major domino that's going to you know subsequently knock down a number of other dominoes? We've had a number of those happen this year. Uh, is there a a balance sheet hole? Uh, is that balance sheet hole uh, you know on the FTX side? Right. Uh, you know, one one thing, but there's all obviously uh, you know kind of in, interdependent uh, other entities and kind of questions about about that as well. So. I don't think we have enough information to, to really evaluate it, but certainly um, a shock for many people. And, um, and I think underscores you know, very much the importance of having a clear regulatory structure but, and Jeremy, having- what,
6: What's your perception of what comes next? And, and, and let me just throw out, and I don't want to speculate, but let me just say that this deal with Binance is not done. In fact, it's subject to due diligence. So it is very possible that you could get under the hood
1: and say i'm not doing this and then what yeah i mean obviously um there's a lot we don't know uh we don't know w- what economics look like uh we we don't know uh, ultimately you know whether there is a significant liability what that is uh and uh and and the value of that from a from a purchaser's perspective um we don't know the details of a term sheet is it is it something that other other potential firms could compete around we also don't know what might emerge in terms of regulatory, uh, you know, inquiries uh, around this as well, and so th- there's a lot of unknown still. Uh, and like you said, I think there's uncertainty about the deal itself, uh, and and obviously a, a scenario where uh, there's a giant hole and it is not filled uh, would would obviously be you know kind of far worse than uh, than is even contemplated right now.
6: Do you look at this and say th- there's there's more shoes to drop? Do you look at this and say? that, you know, look, a lot of smart people had invested, um, not just in crypto, but FTX in particular, in in Sam Bankman-Fried, in his judgment, in the idea that this was a a firm that only two or three months ago was worth $32 billion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, again, without knowing all the details, it is hard to know. I think, um, you know, one of the key things that people are focused on is sort of what's happening with the ftx exchange token ftt uh that that was actually uh, a kind of core source for uh a little bit of the kind of tussle that was happening and and subsequent market activity um you know i think there is speculation that there are um you know significant counterparties that uh you know kind of took that as collateral for loans um and uh and so that's that's unknown um you know there there have been you know kind of people surmising about the amount of those loans, uh, and who are those downstream, uh, you know, lenders. Uh, and that those are those are open questions that uh, could could uh, lead to subsequent significant issues for other firms. Jeremy, uh,
6: we got to run, but uh, hopefully some of those open questions we'll get answers uh, about, and hopefully we'll have you back to discuss it all. Thank you so much.
5: And that is
0: Squawk Pod for today, Wednesday, November 9th, first day of the 2024 election cycle.
8: The election starts today. I can't believe it, but it really does.
0: Before we finish counting the votes. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the very best of our show, the analysis and interviews you can't miss, wherever and whenever you want to listen, follow Squawk Pod and get us anytime. That's it for today. We'll meet you back here tomorrow.
3: We are clear. Thanks, guys.
5: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.